Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I want to talk this morning about true freedom. I don't know if we all really understand what true freedom is. We talk about freedom on a a day like today, and we understand uh, what freedom is. If you've never been to another country, you really don't uh, have an understanding of what how blessed our country is. When you go, let me tell you something. When I went to the to Democratic Republic of Congo and walked in that church, I mean that I've said for years uh, that church or that city, or sorry, that country is not third world. It's fifth. It's fifth world. I mean, it, I've never seen po- I, and I've seen. I mean, I, I I tell you all the time, poverty is poverty. Okay, what I mean by that is. In Costa Rica, when we ministered to people, have you ever heard the saying, dirt poor? Dirt poor means you live in a house where the floor is dirt. There's no tile. There's no cement. It's dirt. I've been in many houses like that in Costa Rica, what they call ranchos. But I've never seen the poverty that I saw in the Congo. Literally driving down the road, you're not even allowed to film. You're not allowed to video. You can get arrested for videoing. They don't want people to see how bad it is. Driving down the road and looking to the sides of the road and seeing dirt or seeing garbage three or four feet high stacked on both sides. Buildings aren't painted. They're gray. It's gloomy. There's a gloom over the city. It's just you can just feel the oppression in that place. But then you drive, as Pastor Mario said, a couple hours, and he's not exaggerating, from a safe hotel to the place to get in that church, and it's like walking into heaven. To walk into that church and see all those oppressed people who don't have any money and they have so much problems lifting their hands and clapping and shouting. Did you notice how they were praying in the halls where no one knew they were filming? They were just intently praying. They weren't even in the sanctuary. If that doesn't encourage you, some, some you need to check your pulse this morning. Amen? And so we, 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 if you've never been to another country, you don't know what freedom is. But I think sometimes in, the, in our walk with God, we don't really truly understand what true freedom means with Jesus either. I want to give you a couple verses in John chapter 8, which are very known verses. And I want to, and I want to make a proclamation this morning. It says this, in verse 32, you shall know the truth. And how many know, are thankful this morning that you know the truth? Let me see how many people are thankful. There's only one truth. How many know there's not two or three truths? There's one truth this morning, and I'm thankful that I've got the truth. And the Bible says if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. So the question we have to ask ourselves is if, we're true, if we know the truth and the truth will set us free, are some of us not walking in our freedom? Are some of us not walking in, 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 free, in, 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 in that liberty that we should be walking in? I want to challenge you on that. Next verse is 36. It says, if the Son, that's Jesus, makes you free, you shall be free. Meaning it's, it, you're really free. Really free from the, from the slavery of sin, from the bondage of sin, from the lifestyle of sin. That Man, if I gave you the microphone this morning, there's so many testimonies in this place. I'm telling you, and when we talk about these people rising up on the square, again, we've got people in here that if they, were in there, if they weren't saved, there'd be some bloodshed out there. And I'm not talking about guns. I'm talking about some fists. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? How many are thankful that you're not the person that you used to be this morning? Amen? That you're not that old person. You've been born again. You're a new creation. God has done a new work in you. 
And, 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 and we, we thank God for the testimonies in this place this morning. Now I want to go to Romans chapter 8. If you're new in the Lord, you need to read the book of Romans. The whole book. So much powerful truth in here. There's what's called the Roman road of salvation, where you talk about realizing that we're sinners and that we are saved by grace and that we can't pay the price and that if we confess our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is, is raised from the dead, we'll be saved. But Romans 8 says, there is now no, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation on this particular one, no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. How many are thankful that all your sins have been passed away this morning as far as the east is from the west? Is anybody thankful for that this morning? That, that the devil can condemn you. The devil can come and say, hey, remember what you did? And you need to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I'm forgiven. Amen. There's now no condemnation. Understand the difference this morning. And I believe that you will feel the difference. There is a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is telling you that you are a mess up and you made mistakes and you failed. Conviction is telling you you can do better. Conviction is telling you you can change some situation in your life. Okay? So there's now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And I want you to notice that word, belong. And I'm going to begin to ask you some questions this morning that you don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to answer them in your spirit. Do you really believe that you belong to Jesus? And because you belong to him, this is the key verse right here, circle it in your Bible, emphasize it on your notes. This is the key verse of this message to being truly free. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Pray with me this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place, and we ask you to anoint your word. Father, touch those that are watching online. Touch those that are sitting in this congregation. Father, touch those, Lord, that would hear this later on the podcast. Get a hold of our hearts this morning. Get a hold of our minds this morning. Lord, we bind the spirit of the enemy that's fighting against the truth this morning, and we pray that revelation would come from your word today, and our hearts would be stirred this morning to do something great for you, to do something powerful for for the kingdom of God, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody shout it. I want to read this verse again. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. How many know if we have the power of the life-giving spirit living in us, we should live like we're alive? We should be happy. We should be excited. We should be full of life. And it says that power has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. We, we don't need to have money in the bank. We don't need to feel good in our body. We don't need to have everything together this morning to be happy to know that before I met Jesus, my destination was hell. My destination was death and separation from God. But because God stepped in and said, I love you and I'll forgive you. I'll give you a new life. I'll give you a new chance. I'll give you a second chance. I'll give you a third chance. I'll give you a tenth chance. You can be saved this morning and turn from the power of darkness to the power of light. From the hands of the devil to the hands of God. 
I can't wait till we see some of these people come in to our services that were flipping us off and cussing us out and saying, I don't know what happened, but I used to hate y'all. And here I am today, and God has changed my life, and what, that Jesus you were preaching about has struck, struck my life, and I'm not the same person, and I'm going to go and tell people about what Jesus did in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to I read, continue, then I'll come back. Read with me on this. Let's keep reading. Because this is important. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Now start paying attention to me here. Our sinful nature, our desires, what we want. So God did what the law could not do. Now, this is important. Some people think God made a mistake. He was going to have the Ten Commandments, and he was going to have the law, and that didn't work. So then he thought, oh, let's do Jesus. That's not, that's not how it works. This was planned from the beginning. The reason he made the law was for us to understand we could never live up to it. To see how imperfect we are. And if you're here, here's the problem. If you don't have true freedom and you're bound in tradition or you're bound in religion and you have some kind of false teaching in your life that tells you that you have to do certain things to be good enough to be saved, you're never going to be free. Because the Bible says, and we're reading it here, if you, don't, if you try to say, I'm going to live by the law, then you have to live by every single letter. Means you have to do perfect. Not sort of okay, perfect. I don't think there's anybody perfect in here, starting with me. So he says, because what God, what the law could not do, he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God, this is this ought to get you excited if you haven't gotten excited yet. I know we're in Fourth of July mode, but I'm not gonna let you go through Fourth of July mode today. I know you had some barbecue yesterday, and you're going to have some barbecue today, but I'm not going to let you get off on that. I want you to get excited this morning to understand that because that body came down out of heaven, God declared an end to sin's control over us. An end. He said no more by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us because God can't change. God doesn't change. Who no longer follow our sinful nature. I want you to really look at this. No longer follow our sinful nature. Before I keep reading, I want to ask a question. No one has to raise your hand to. No one has to answer out loud, but you answer inside. Do you want to do more for God? Do you want to do something for God? Do you want to thank God for him saving your life? Do you want to touch people's lives? Do you want to answer the call of God? Or do you just want to suck up oxygen? I believe there's a bunch of people in here that are, in, are yearning and learn, earning, yearning inside to say, God, I want to do something else. I want to do more for God. I want to do something for God. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to stop walking in our sinful nature. We're going to stop fulfilling the desires of our flesh. And we're going to start letting the Holy Spirit work through us. Amen? So watch this. Who? Go back for one second. I'm sorry. I want to finish that verse 5. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the what? The what? 
the Spirit. Keep reading. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. If you're here today and all week long your mind is on sinful things, you're being dominated by your sinful nature. You're walking what the Bible says according to the flesh. And I got news for you. No matter how much desire you have to serve God, you never will. Because the flesh is dominating your life. This is what he's talking about here. He's talking about the collision of souls. The collision of flesh, my wants, and the spirit, God's wants. The flesh, my desires, and the spirit, God's desire. So it says, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. How many want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? Fully. What would God do, church, in our lives, in our city, in our families, if we were totally controlled by the Holy Spirit? We see what happens with the contrary. What happens in the world when people are fully controlled by their, by their flesh? We're seeing that every day on the news. Every day. But what would happen if the church who's been bought by the blood of Jesus would start acting like the church that's bought by the blood of Jesus? The world's going to do what the world does. How about the church start doing what the church should do? How about the church start rising up and understanding what true freedom is? True freedom is not because Jesus saved me and because I'm saved by grace. I can do a sin that I want to because I got the grace card and I can pull that on my wall and say, I'm saved by grace. That's not why I'm saved by grace. True freedom is understanding what Jesus did on the cross for me, and I want to live the very best life that I can, and I want to crucify my flesh every single day, and I want to walk in the Spirit so that I can have God's anointing on my life so that I can make a difference in someone's life. That I can walk by in their shadow, my shadow heal them. Or was that just for Peter? It wasn't just for Peter. Now, I, don't, I want to help you with something this morning that we do, and I do it sometimes just out of wrong English, but I understand, and I want you to understand, is a lot of times we pray, Lord, help me have more faith. That's an erroneous, false, biblical prayer. The Bible says we've already been given a measure of faith. That would be like me saying, Lord, help me have an arm and give me a muscle on it so I can hold things. I have an arm and I have a muscle. What I have to do is use it. We have faith. Do you understand that this morning? I'm not trying to, to do a whole other message, but this is important. You have in your life, right now, at this moment, as soon as you got saved, you have all the faith you need. You're just not using it. I preached on faith, by the way, on Wednesday. Go back and listen to it if you weren't here. Two reasons why we struggle with our faith. One is that we look too much on the circumstances. We look too much with our eyes. And the second is we don't read the Bible enough. Okay? Let's keep reading here. How many are still here? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. That's what you were doing before you got saved. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. 
And by the way, go back just for a second. This is important too. I like to preach to you like you've never heard a message in your life. Read that last part again. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. You know what that's called? It's called free will. That's a gift from God. He says, I'll let you do what you want. I, I, we're not robots. It started in the garden. Here's the entire garden. Do whatever you want. Eat whatever you want. Go wherever you want. Just don't touch that one thing. Right there. Don't touch that. Right there. And what does our stinking, sinful nature do? I say this all the time. It's been reiterated again now with young grandchildren. Don't touch that. Briar, don't touch that. Briar, don't go up the stairs. And they look back at you. They're testing you. It's, 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 we're born in sin, church. We're born sinners. I was telling a guy the other day, you don't have to teach a kid to sin. It's, it's natural. You don't have to teach a kid to do anything wrong. It's not, you have to teach them not to steal. Teach them not to cuss. You have to teach them the right ways. Sinning is natural. And so he's saying the sinful nature is hostile towards God. And I don't think we realize how serious it is. And that's why sometimes we play with it too much. We play with sin too much. It never did obey God's laws. It never will. Let's finish this so I can move on. That's why those who are still under the control, and again, if, a minute ago, if I said, how many want to do something more for God? And you said, yes. If you don't do this, you'll never happen. That's why they're still under the control of their sinful nature, and they can never please God. So you can raise your hand and say, I want to do more, and I want God to use me, and oh, God, use me. I want to do something for the Lord. And he says, I need you to get your sinful nature under control. I need you to be start walking in true freedom. I have set you free I have no condemnation on your life. The Holy Spirit is in you. Start living like it. And I'll do great things through you. But you are not controlled. Now, now we're going to say that no, that's none of us. He's not talking to any of us. We're not controlled by our sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, it says, those that do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. Do you believe that this morning, that Christ lives inside of you? So even though your body will die because of sin, we will all die, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. I'm here thankful that you've been made right with God this morning. I want to share a really powerful testimony that I've probably only shared one other time. I was actually talking to Pastor Jones this week, and he mentioned a verse, and he, and he mentioned this guy, and I, had, I hadn't thought about him for a long time. But there was a, how many in here have ever heard of John G. Lake? Okay, so I know some people who've been saved for a while, probably mightily, mightily used in the healing ministry. But I want you to think about something. When you look at somebody's life and you admire what God does in their life, do you ever think the things that they went through to get to the place where they are that God's using them? Because who God uses mightily, he tests. And we look at someone's life sometimes, we go, man, that is an amazing testimony. Wow. But we don't think about the things that they've been through. John G. Lake was living in the 1800s into the 1900s. 
had 16 brothers and sisters. You know, that's just the beginning of problems right there. I mean, that's just, you don't have to say anything else. To have 16 siblings is trouble. We think we have it bad, right? If you think, if you, think you got brothers and sisters you have a hard time with, just imagine having 16 of them. And then as you're going through life, before he reaches 20, 10 of his 16 siblings die. Tragic disease deaths. And John G. Lake says, I grew up and the only memories that I had as a child was disease, death, and funerals. So this guy gives his life to the Lord. And when he gives his life to the Lord, he actually has... Rheumatoid arthritis, and one and his legs are growing in different uh, uh, lengths, and he's having all kinds of struggle himself, along with all the stuff he saw with his siblings. But God gets a hold of him. How many want God to get a hold of you this morning? One of these days, you're going to realize what that means. It doesn't just mean an emotion in a service. It means God gets a hold of you. And changes you from the inside out. God gets a hold of John G. Lake after losing all those siblings. He gives his life to the Lord. And he goes and gets healed of his rheumatoid arthritis under a faith preacher, a faith healer. And God begins to stir him up and use him. In 1910, how many have heard of the bubonic plague? We think COVID was bad. And it was. But it does not compare to the bubonic plague. The bubonic plague was so bad, listen to this, that the government was offering large sums of money to get people to help them bury the dead. So many people were dying, they were trying to pay people to go into houses and grab dead bodies and take them and and bury them. There was so much mass death, they couldn't keep up with it. And so John G. Lake finds himself wanting to do something for God. So he says, I'll go help. He says, I won't take any money for it, though. Listen to this. He would go into houses where the stench of sickness hung in the air. And he would carry out these dead bodies with just his hands. Often having to carry them to mass graves. There were so many. But listen to this closely. But he had no fear of catching the disease. How many would like to have faith like that? Or I should say, use your faith like that. So, a doctor finds out about this. And he is intrigued. And he says, what have you been doing to cover yourself and protect yourself to not get this? You've been dealing with all these dead bodies. How come you haven't got this disease? And I want you to pay attention to this if you don't get anything else in this service. He says, I believe, this is Romans 8 too, I believe that as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, no germ will ever attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. Wow. That's faith. But why does he have so much faith? Because he's walking in the spirit. 
He's not looking at the bubonic plague. He's not looking at the situation. Church, do you realize that I'm telling you, somebody who has faith to go touch dead bodies that lost half of his siblings to disease? That should be the perfect excuse to not have the faith. He should be able to say, God, I can't do that. I can't believe that I won't get sick. Half my, kid, half my brothers and sisters died. What happened in him? What caused him to have such faith? He began to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. He began to believe and read the word of God to feed his soul. It got so crazy, and there was such a buzz around this John G. Lake and what he was doing with these dead bodies, is, and they were asking him questions. He finally said, I want you to do something. He asked the doctor, I want you to take some of the foam from a dead person's lungs, and I want you to put it under a microscope, and I want you to see all the disease. They put all the disease under the microscope, and you can see all the dead, all the, all the disease moving around, all the little germs. And he says, now... Put that on my hand. And they put it on his hand, and he goes over and he says, now look under the microscope again. And as those doctors, this is proven, this isn't a story, they looked at those germs, they all died on his hand. Right on his hand. Just died. What, what is the difference this morning, church, between you and me and him? What is it? Faith. Connecting to the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, believing the Bible, living out his faith. But again, he had every excuse and every reason. Because you know why we don't do something for God a lot of times? Because we have a lot of excuses. We have a lot of, well, and look, and what happened, and all these things. He didn't let those things destroy his life. And as he continued in his walk with God, he was married to a young lady and he got the call to go to South Africa. And they went as missionaries. And two years into his marriage with his wife, they had end up having uh, seven kids together. Two years into their marriage, she gets heart disease and tuberculosis. His wife. They go to Africa, South Africa. And he's the one who took, uh, uh, my son Dylan was telling me this before the service, second service, that he took, he's the one that took the baptism of the Holy Spirit to South Africa. Re, 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 re uh, um, how do you say it? Re, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Showed them again. Obviously it wasn't new, but they had lost it. So he took that back over to them, the power of the Holy Spirit moving in his life. And just a few years after they get to South Africa, his wife dies. Did he quit? No, he kept preaching. He kept preaching. God sent another woman into his life. He had five more kids. But he kept going. And he made the statement, I'm one of the most blessed men in the world. Some people could never say they, had, they were blessed to have a good wife. He said, I was blessed to have two. One passed away and went to heaven. He got married to the second one. They have five kids and they serve. One thing I didn't tell you about this John G. Lake, this is another excuse we make, is he was making in 1905... $50,000 a month, I mean a, a year. That's about $1.3 million today. That's a lot of money. He didn't even have a business. He just had a career making $1.3 million a year, and he left his job to go preach the gospel. God, I, I'll be a sender, and you can. If God's calling you to be a sender, you better be a sender. 
But I like, I like what Pastor Mike Leitner said last week. Some people that are doing construction should be preaching. And some people that are preaching should be doing construction. Can I get an amen on that? Figure out what it is God's telling you to do and do it. But if you're supposed to be a sender, meaning you're supposed to make money and you're supposed to send, then make money and send. But if you're called to preach and you're supposed to go preach, then go preach. Do what God is telling you to do. Can I get an amen? Would we allow God this morning, church, to take us to another level of faith? To take us to another level of anointing? What would happen in this place if all of us tapped into the faith God's given us? If all of us realized the days we're living in this morning, that we truly are living in the last days. Don't, don't, don't get caught up on how many times you've heard that. It's the truth. We're living in the last days. I keep telling my kids over and over, you know, they'll share things. We have a, a chat as a family, and we share these things that we see that blow us away. And, 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 and I don't, I, like I said before, I don't know about you, but my neck is sore. From shaking it. Of all the things we're seeing in this world. And only verse I can think of over and over and over and over again is Isaiah 5.20. They'll call evil good and they'll call good evil. I, I can't think of a better definition of the days we're living in right now. And we're in dark times, church. How many know we're in dark times? But the Bible also says in Romans, I believe it's chapter 6, that when it's dark, the darker it is, the more grace, the more sin abounds, the more grace abounds. And God wants to do a mighty move of God and a mighty, he wants to send a mighty revival to these last days. And I want to be a part of it. Do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to be involved? Do you want to be able to hear those words, enter in, good and faithful servant? Or do you want to keep feeding your flesh and doing what you want to do? God is looking for some people to say, God, I'll go. I'll do it. I'll reach out. I'll be faithful. I want to give you some homework as the musicians begin to come this morning. I'm working on a possible message for conference if I get asked to preach. I never take that for granted or never expect it. But the Lord's put something in my heart that's new for me. It's, it's a powerful revelation about the Holy Spirit that I'm trying to give you a little bit of this morning. How many know this morning that God the Father is on His throne this morning? That's where He is. And Jesus Christ our Lord is at His right hand. That means the Holy Spirit is what dwells here with us. And I believe that a lot of times the reason we don't see God move the way God wants to move is because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do his job. The Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. It doesn't mean they don't all work together, church, but what I'm trying to tell you is God the Father is on the throne. God the Son is at his right hand interceding. And the Holy, that's why Jesus said, I send you the Holy Spirit. I send you the guide. He's going to help you. He's going to lead you. Are we letting the Holy Spirit lead us? Are we letting the Holy Spirit tell us that's wrong, that's right, go there, don't go there, do this, don't do that? Are we in tune with the Holy Spirit this morning?
That's what I believe that God wants to show us, how powerful. And, I, and the more I think about this, the more real it becomes. And I want you to, I didn't give you the homework. Read later, not today, not right now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to take that home as homework. And, and when, I, if, when I preach on it at a conference, if the Lord continues that, you'll, you'll have a little bit of a head start. Are the musicians coming? I think they're working on it. I'll just get back here and play. I don't even know how to turn it on. That's the bad thing. I could just hit the pedals. I don't even know how to turn it on, really. Literally, it's sad. Amen. <laughs> how many want the Holy Spirit to use you more? We have to be controlled by him. We have to wake up every morning and say, Lord, I transform my mind to the things of God, to the word of God. It's, it's, I, I've been bought with a price. I'm no longer my own. Church, this is not for the missionary. This is not for the evangelist. This is not only for the pastor. This is not just for the Sunday school teachers. Jesus never said in his word that there was anybody exempt from being a servant of God. What would happen in the church if we would all answer our call? I've told you before, when you stand before God, you won't stand there with me. You won't stand there with your spouse. You'll be by yourself, spotlight on, and God will be saying to you, did you do what I told you to do? Because how many can be honest in this place this morning and, 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 and agree with me that too many times we're watching and looking at what other people are doing? And we're concerned about if they're doing what God's called them to do. But we're not working on what God has called us to do. The last verse I want to give you is in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Where the Lord, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, what is there? There's liberty. When we're in this house together church when we're here together serving and worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus the reason you feel what you feel is because of the Holy Spirit that's who's here and he's giving us liberty this morning where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty that means there is freedom. That means there is no constraint. That means there's no restraint. That means that you can do what God has called you to do if you connect with him this morning. Amen? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning if you would. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is here. Not everybody's going to tap into this, though. That's the problem. Some people here are not going to tap into this. Some of you could care less about what I'm saying. I'm just being honest. But I believe there's some people here who are going to tap into what I'm talking about this morning. I believe there's some people here who are saying, God, use me. Please, God, use me. Take my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. God, I don't care how much money's in my bank account. God, I don't care what the news says. All I care about is what your Holy Spirit's telling me to do. Could we get in tune? Could, could we really truly be free?
Because true freedom comes when we're totally submitted. That sounds weird, but you're going to have to understand the things of God don't make sense to a carnal mind. To be truly free, you have to be truly submitted. Or here, let me give you another word as you're praying this morning. To be truly free, you have to be truly controlled. That doesn't sit well with your flesh, does it? Don't tell me what to do, God. Don't tell me what to do, somebody. Nobody's going to control me. Then you'll never be used by God. God is looking for some people this morning that he can control. Control. 100%. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Could God give us a faith like John G. Lake? Doesn't the Bible say we can say we can trample on serpents and scorpions? Doesn't the Bible say if we pick up any deadly thing, it won't hurt us? Doesn't the Bible say we can cast out demons? Doesn't the Bible say if we lay our hands on the sick, they'll recover? Why aren't we doing it? Why don't we do it every day? Why aren't we doing it at the workplace? Why aren't we doing it at school? Why aren't we doing it at the grocery store? Why aren't we doing it in our neighborhood? Because we're not fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. God is looking. God is watching. He's knocking. He's touching. He's speaking. He's saying, I just want full control of your life. And listen, there's no better place to be than to be fully controlled by God. Submit to him today. How many in this place, from front to back and side to side, have never submitted your, your, your eternity to Jesus? If you died today, you'd go to hell. If you died today, you don't know where you'd go. You're, you're, you don't have no clue. You're not sure. The Bible says there's only two places we'll go when, when, when we die, to heaven or hell. Today you can be saved if you put your faith in Jesus. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And no one comes unto the Father except through Jesus. How many all across this place could lift up their hand this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not saved, and I would love for you to pray with me this morning. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. I see your hand, young lady. How many more? All over. I'm going to wait just a moment. How many? I see your hand. We had church this morning just for one person, two people, it doesn't matter, ten people. The reason we're here is because salvation is hanging in the balance. Someone's soul is hanging in the balance this morning. The devil doesn't want you to lift your hand. The devil hates you. The devil wants to drag you to hell with him. The devil's has no choice. He's the, he's the only person with his demons on this first face of this earth that cannot repent. His place is secure. And his job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. If you're here this morning and you have never made a public confirmation of your faith and you have never said, Jesus, I believe in you. Today's the day of your salvation. Today is the acceptable day of the Lord. 
As we stand to our feet this morning, please staying in the reverence of the Holy Spirit because He's here. If you need Jesus to come into your life today, would you just, and you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but something's telling you you're not right with God. No one, when you stand before God, God's not going to say, what denomination were you part of? He's not going to say, what church did you go to? He's not even going to ask you if you were water baptized. He's going to say, did you believe on my son? Period. That's it. Do you believe in Jesus? That's what saves us, our faith in Jesus Christ. Today, you don't have to go to hell. That place wasn't made for you. You can go to heaven, but you have to put your faith in the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. If you raise your hand, would you step out of that seat that you're at to the nearest aisle and come down here this morning? Just step out. You raise your hand. Step out. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to you to come. Praise the Lord. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Just come. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Maybe you're backslidden today. I'd rather embarrass myself in front of the church, backslidden, than stand before God in that state. It takes humility. Church, right now, at this moment, at this moment, there are people in our church that I know are backslidden. They're not here. They've allowed Satan to lie to them, to deceive them. And they're in, ba- they're in a bad place. And if, and if you come from some false doctrine that you can't backslide, you need to read your Bible. It's real. It's real. And some of you in here have so much potential. So much potential but you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Flesh is controlling you. Fear is controlling you. Your emotions are controlling you. Doubt is controlling you. Your circumstances are controlling you. Today's the day to put an end to that. Young ladies, if we have this church today just for you, if we open this church just for you, I've said that many times and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, just for you. It's all worth it. We've been here for 14 years. If we came here just for you, to, to have this day, because I can see that God's touching your hearts. And, and from what I know, it seems like you have some really good parents, and you probably were raised in the truth. And maybe today the Lord's saying, or maybe you never made that decision for reals. But today God's going to do something in your life. And you're going to know that you're saved. You're going to know that you're transformed. Amen. How many more? Maybe someone else needs to come and be honest like she is. You have such an amazing spirit. You just got to stop listening to the devil. Amen. Such an amazing spirit. Amen. How many more? There's no doubt that you love God. You love him with every fiber in your being. But today's the day that you start saying, Holy Spirit, you're going to have full control. 
not my emotions, not my feelings, not my thoughts, not what I see, not what I hear, not what I feel. Because God's got his hand on your life. Amen? But he doesn't like, the devil doesn't like you standing here. The devil doesn't like, like you standing here. The devil doesn't like you standing here. He wants you to go to hell. That's where he's, that's his, he's bent on that. Maybe you're here today and you've never done a public confession of your faith. Where you say to the world, I believe in Jesus. If you've never done that, you said a prayer. I'll, I'll argue with people till Jesus comes back about this. Well, you can say the prayer in your seats. You can, yes, you can. But my thing is, if you can't be bold enough to stand up in front of a church and say, I believe in Jesus, how in the world are you going to be bold out in the world? If you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father. I mean, we, we're, we're in social media days. Everything's recorded. This is how, this is how it's going to be in heaven. We're just now getting the technology. God's had it since day one. Y'all realize that? He's had, he's had all this technology since the creation. He has everything on video. He just gave us the technology a few years ago. How many more? Just wait five more seconds. If you walked out of here honest before God and you died today. I just mentioned Wednesday night, a guy in our church in Costa Rica, 48 years old, my age, died of a massive heart attack. Didn't, he didn't know he was going to die that day. Accidents happen. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying because I want you to be right with God. Amen? Now we're going to say this prayer together with those that are watching online, those that are listening on the podcast. Um, say it from your heart. Believe that Jesus truly took your place on that cross. And now when you say, God, I forgive me, he truly forgives you, and you're truly free. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that's convicting me of my sin and drawing me to you. God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross to take my place for my sins. Because of you, Jesus, I am no longer a slave to sin. I have been bought with the blood of Jesus. I believe you died on that cross, and I believe you rose from the dead to conquer death. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. Cleanse me Clean me from all of my unrighteousness. And Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to surrender control to you. Please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.